Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Bless the speaking and the hearing of your word. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So this past week, I had the uh, privilege and joy of watching my kids watch Home Alone for the first time. How many of you guys have seen Home Alone? This has now become a bit of a classic, I think. Um, and it's funny because my oldest is probably about the age I was when it came out. So when I would have seen it in a movie theater, which they haven't darkened the doors of a movie theater too much in their own life. But, um, but anyway, it was fun to watch them watch this because uh, you could just see they're very expressive uh, TV watchers. Uh, and so when, um, when Kevin is left at home, you can see the distress on my kids' faces. Oh my gosh, I can't believe they did that, right? Um, and then, of course, when uh, the bad guys, uh, the burglars are uh, getting what's coming to them, they are gleeful about this, right? Oh, he took a paint can to the face. You know, they just, they're all in it, right? And then when mom shows up on, I hope I'm not doing any spoilers. I can't believe we have to say this anymore. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But anyway, when mom comes back on Christmas Day and you see, he sees mom and she sees him and the look of joy on their faces, I'm looking at my kids and that same joy is on their faces. And I say it's kind of fun for me to watch them watch it because if I'm just watching that movie, I'm not thinking any of those things. I'm thinking, why are all the adults in this movie so dumb? <laughs> I'm thinking about, I don't know, child protective services. I'm a little concerned about litigation. I'm thinking about the, uh, uh, how many physical things happen to the burglars. And I'm like, at one of those, I'm done. I'm tapping out. I've stepped on a nail, the paint can to the face, a, a torch. Done, that's it. The stuff isn't worth it to me. Right? I'm, I'm way too, in other words, I see this uh, in, in my own life, and I'm not caught up in the same novelty of it. Uh, I'm a little bit more cynical about it. I'd rather make jokes. Irony is a, a thing that I would rather be engaged in. And so it's probably good that I don't say any of this to them uh, and spo- try to spoil any of it for them. Maybe you've been uh, the cynic. Uh, yourself about things in life, or maybe you've been on the receiving end of some knucklehead like me that starts ruining something for you. But yeah, but you know that things aren't really like that. And you know, when I think about this, it's easy. I don't want you to hear me saying that uh, somehow childlikeness is the superior thing and that's what we've got to be, because it's not a matter of age. It's actually a matter of experience. Experience in life teaches us to kind of see things more as we expect them to be right? To te- there's, a, there's kind of a, a teaching that happens. The reason why I say this is not related to age is once my kids finished the movie, they went downstairs and not five minutes later, I heard them fighting with each other. So it, they didn't need to get older. They just had an experience of sibling rivalry that taught them a little cynicism about, hey, what can I expect from my brother or sister? And we know this is true in our own lives. Whatever we have experienced, the more we experience things in life, the more we can kind of get lost. The, the, the novelty of stuff, the excitement of things, something being new, it just, yeah, okay, I've seen that, right? There's kind of a been there, done that dynamic uh, to things. Oh, okay, I got to do the Christmas lights again. All right, I guess that's happening. 
right? And if it's not about Christmas, it, it could be about any other aspect of our lives. Just think about someone in your life that you kind of expect the same boneheadedness from them over and over again. And you're not even, there's no chance in your mind that something could change. Yep, I've seen that. That's exactly how it's always been. That's exactly how it's always going to be. There's this kind of cyclical nature that we have where we just come to expect things as they are. Brokenness to be the way that it is, a relationship to be the way that it is, the world to be the way that it is. And it's not just those cyclical things. It's also that, as John says in our gospel reading, darkness is real. Darkness is real. I mean, I've been around long enough and have walked along enough people in life and in ministry to know people have suffered terrible things in their lives, right? And, and it's hard for them to just see things as new or exciting or there's, there's something that's going to change for them. I remember this dear friend of mine in my church that I served before who uh, he and his wife had just retired recently and they were getting ready for the golden years as he talked about it. And then she had a terrible accident and died. I know this is a little heavy on Christmas Day, but don't worry, right? And we would meet for coffee uh, once a month for like three years. And he never got past that. He wanted to keep talking through that and, and working through that, right? It's not cynicism for him. It was experience. It's just what things are like. It's a lot like, and this isn't a novel idea, by the way. This is Ecclesiastes. This is God's wisdom to us, right? There's a longing that we have for something actually new to come. And aside from that, we tend to either be resigned to cynicism, I've seen it all before, done it all before, or to grasping in some way at the novelty. Oh, if I could just be more kid-like or something like this, right? Or if I can just get the trip that I wanted, or if I can just do, fix this thing in my life. I mean, that's what New Year's resolutions are going to be coming right around the corner for us, right? And so we either kind of resign ourselves to cynicism, which who wants to be resigned to? I don't want to be resigned to. I'm an overthinker like anybody. I mean, you heard what I said about home alone, <laughs> but I don't want to be resigned to that kind of attitude about life. Or we grasp kind of, you know, breathlessly for some type of return to something new in our lives. Well, we hear today in John's gospel that a light shines in the darkness. A light shines in the darkness. And what's beautiful, I, I love the translation that Philip read for us because it says that the darkness has not overcome the light. Now, the first experience I ever had, I think it must have been in confirmation or high school, with hearing a different Bible translation and being like, wait, what? There's different versions of this? It, it kind of confused me a little bit. But my Bible growing up, the one that I had read, always said, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Anyone ever heard that one? Not understood it. That's what mine says. Now, I'm not going to go into discursus because it's Christmas Day anyway, but you can do either one. It's not like one translator was being bad. Uh, the Greek word there could be done either way. And so you could say that the darkness has not overcome the light, and you could say that the darkness has not understood the light. And I actually like the understood the light dynamic. Because what is it that we are celebrating today on Christmas? That God became man. That, that God was born and took on our flesh and lived a human life as we live it. And no matter how much we confess this is true, how much we've been raised in it, does it make any sense to you? 
It's mind-blowing. I mean, I've gone to almost the ultimate level, Pat and I have done this, the ultimate level of education to try to understand these things, right? How Jesus could be fully God and fully man, uh, how this would work. I mean, you hear Mary when she says it in the other readings, right? How can this be? We're still asking this. How can this be? And I could try to explain to you what it all means. Not only would I put you to sleep this morning, I would fail. I would fail at getting any of us, myself included, to really understand the light, right? The light is in the world and the darkness that's in the world and that's in me cannot overcome that light and can't even understand that light. What I'm saying is that we are longing for something new under the sun. We are longing for something new in our lives and in the world. And that's exactly what the incarnation is. It's so new that it cannot get old to us. It is so new that we can't wrap our minds around it, that this is how much God loves us, that he would do this, and we cannot grasp it. We can't be resigned to it, and we can't grasp it. And it's a beautiful thing. And Jesus' whole life in ministry is this newness at work. Not a tiredness, not a grasping, but a giftedness that God gives. You hear this refrain as Jesus grows up. You know, he, he grows up as a kid. Think about this, right? He has his diaper changed. He scrapes his knee, right? He goes through adolescence. Can you imagine Jesus in adolescence? It's such a strange concept, right? And then as he begins his life and ministry, you hear this refrain from people that he encounters all the time. They say, we've never seen anything like this. We've never seen anything like this. Jesus is healing people. He is restoring broken relationships. He's restoring people to God when they thought, God would not want anything to do with me. He's restoring people to themselves. This is one of my favorite things, by the way. I'm always, you always got to be wary about giving recommendations to people of what they should watch or listen to or whatever else. But I have gotten caught up because somebody brought it to our attention here last year uh, with that show, The Chosen. If you guys have not seen this yet, I mean, there's all kinds of takes everybody's got on it. But one of the things that I notice in it every single time I watch an episode is that I have a gut response to the emotional traction that is going on for people when they encounter Christ. In every one of these episodes, there's something that is happening where someone's world is being turned upside down by Jesus. We've never seen anything like this. And whatever else you think of it, they ca- for me anyway, they capture that truth beautifully. It's brand new. It's what we long for in our lives. And this is what Jesus says about himself. He says, I am making all things new. I am making all things new. Now, the I am in there is pretty crucial. It's Jesus who does this, not ourselves and not whatever promises the world is giving us around us. And the other part of this is the making. I think this is helpful. It's not, I did make things new, but now they've gotten old, which happens for us, whatever the thing is. It's not, I just will bide your time and wait for it. It's, I am. I am doing this right now. And the all things is also pretty crucial. All the things. All of you. This is the promise that Jesus is giving. See, John goes on to say that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so maybe, like me, you wonder, okay, I am longing for something new in my life. Where is Jesus in it? I'm looking for him. Where is he at work? 
Well, notice where Jesus is born in Bethlehem. We have a song for this, right? What's the song? Oh, little town of Bethlehem, right? And the point made there is that Bethlehem is kind of a out-of-the-way, unnoticed place. And we get the story of the angels. We get the shepherds showing up to praise God. But anyone else in the world paying attention to what's happening at that moment? Nope. The Roman Empire is doing its thing. Whatever's happening in the rest of the world in China or in the, what will be the new world eventually, they don't know anything about it. And yet God is doing something there. And I think this is helpful for you and me because there are a lot of places in our lives, those unseen places where our deepest longing exists. You know, the stuff that you don't talk about with other people, you talk about the weather and you talk about sports, but the stuff that really matters to you that's buried deep down, right, where you're really longing to see a change, to see something new, they're unseen by everybody else, but not by God. They're sometimes unseen by you. You can't even put your finger on it, but not by God. We see that Jesus is actually at work in our lives even when we cannot see it, that he is making all things new, including you and including me. So I want you to consider those places in your life where you feel maybe a little, little too much cynicism, or maybe in the, those places where you feel like you're grasping uh, at some kind of a false hope somewhere else, right? If I can only do this thing or if I can only get that uh, done, then I will have this solved. I want you to think about those. It feels like those are our two options, right? Resignation or grasping. But there's actually a third way. Or better yet, there's the way, the truth, and the life. The truth is that what we long for, and not just we who are gathered here today, but every person that you know on this planet, what we long for has come. Jesus is making all things new, including you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.